Welcome everyone to another episode of Rerun Shuffle, the podcast where we hit shuffle and take a fresh look at Comfort TV. Uh, my name's Tim Nacy. I am the multimedia editor here at Viewpoints. Uh, I'm a podcaster and a multimedia journalist that has a general interest and focus on pop culture. Hi everybody, I'm Leo Cabral. I am the editor-in-chief at Viewpoints, RCC's student-run publication. I use they-them pronouns and I am a queer, trans, non-binary multimedia journalist. So yeah, we usually like to start by talking a little bit about uh, what we've been watching. So Leo, what have you been watching this past couple weeks? So once again, I'm not watching anything because I'm a small creature and I am overwhelmed. Um, but I have shown my my roomies um, The Legend of Vox Machina and Our Flag Means Death and they love both shows. Um, so it was nice getting to getting the chance to rewatch those each of those a second time. It's you, rewatches, rewatches are valid. It's a whole pod. This is a whole podcast about it. So hey, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if anything, I'm a great rewatcher. Um, I'm probably gonna rewatch Steven Universe again sometime in the near future. I still need to watch Steven Universe. <laughs> Adventure time too. Oh my goodness! I need yeah. to finish Mal Mal also. I haven't been falling behind. Oh my god, I've fallen behind ever since I moved. I've just fallen behind on all of my watching. So. Yeah, that's where I am. Um, how about you, Tim? What have you been? <laughs> what have you been watching? Okay, don't judge me, everybody. Mm-hmm. The world, like, I, I can already feel like the eyes staring at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been giving Family Guy another shot. Wow. Um, okay, hear me out. I love Family Guy, by the way. O- at least old Family Guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I maintain, and I will take this to my grave. Um, <laughs> you you can't change my mind. The first five or so seasons of Family Guy are very well written and very clever. They're mm-hmm. dumb and silly, also, but they are. But but but, but, there's, but there's a lot to those. There's a lot of very. There's, there's 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 a lot more to that show than people give it credit for. I believe. Hmm. Okay. Um. I yeah. I, I can see you. No, I'm just. I'm just. I'm, just I'm hearing you out. <laughs> uh. But yeah. So for years, I've been uh, watching and rewatching the first five or so seasons of that show. How many seasons are there? There's 20 now. Oh. Yeah, it was uh it was originally it was originally uh it went 3 seasons and then got canceled. And then it was off the air for a while, like a few years. I think it was 4. I think I think I think it was cuz it started in 1999. Um I think if I did the math right, which I might not have. Um <laughs> It's okay. We should I can't be do we math. should be in season like 24 now. So I think it was off the air for 4 years. And then the DVD sales and the reruns on Adult Swim uh, did did amazing business, so Fox brought it back. And that actually was why American Dad existed, because um, Seth MacFarlane's show Family Guy got canceled, and so he started American Dad, and then Family Guy came back, well, and huh. now those shows are also just, just ru- living concurrently and running forever. They're both still on. That That's just, I'm baffled. That's wild. I didn't know that we were that far. Oh yeah, in. it's yeah, it's it's been it's been a while. <laughs> um, but but yeah, there's there's a lot. I there, there's just lots of jokes that just that just that really just make me laugh. Like just dumb things. Like there was the, there was there was this one I think where Peter flashed back to when he was to when he was in like he was telling he was telling someone a story from when he was like a kid in like the seventies. Mm-hmm. It's like he's 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 they're all they're all like he was talking about how how, how he like fell in with a rough crowd and they're all like they're all you know, they're all they're all dressed like hippies. <laughs> And there's this one girl that's like, hey, Peter, try this. It's this little, like, lavender pill. What is it? It's a cheeseburger. And then and then, and then, and then in the narration, of course, now I know it wasn't a cheeseburger. Back then, I was ready to believe anything. Oh, my God. It's so dumb, but it's so... It's, like, dumb and kind of clever at the same time, and I just love it. It's anyway. a cheeseburger. 
Um, see, so yeah, I think around around the season uh, when they did their first Star Wars episode, I remember those. Um, I think it started to fall off. The show started to get a little bit too, a little too edgy for edgy's sake. Mm. And yeah, it was just aggressive pop culture references and just let's be let's be gross, let's be shocking, let's be violent for no reason. Yeah, I remember when a lot of shows, a lot of like uh, edgy shows, went super hard for a little while just just because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Family Guy is all like one of the most annoying things that Family Guy does, and they still do it. Is their overly long gags? Um, they will do <laughs> jokes that take forever. Like like they'll, they'll like there there's there's an episode fairly recently where I think Peter's trying to like put Saran wrap on his food. <laughs> Swear to God, two and a half minutes. <laughs> two and a half minutes of him trying to put saran wrap on the thing and in interviews the writers are always talking about how that's like a that that's that's a that's a valid like comedic 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 school of thought where you know it's 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 funny and then it gets annoying and then it gets so annoying that it's funny again <laughs> and th- and then I'm just like no it, that, that does not work for me I, I mean I I can't speak for everybody on earth that doesn't work for me yeah it just it, 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 it it's not that funny to begin with and then it I mean, obviously, everybody talks about, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Conway Twitty. Oh, my God. Which is, like, the worst thing that ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> See, I know, and I'm, I I remember Family Guy is it likes to do the whole funny, then not funny, then, like, it's funny again because it's getting to a ridiculous point. I do like that humor. I just don't think Family Guy does it as well as they think they do. Yeah. Because yeah. I do like a thing where it's like, oh, that is funny. And then we repeat, like, you repeat a meme too many times, and it's just like, dude, that's not funny anymore. Stop. Then to a point where it's like, you've repeated it so much, it's like, ah, it's hilarious again. Or just you're too tired to find it not funny. To, to <laughs> yeah. Not find it funny. You're just like, I need to just please leave me alone. <laughs> See, I'm laughing. Yeah, <laughs> I did it. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, the show was very rough around the edges for a long time. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, it still is. But the show's kind of come back around, I feel, recently, mm-hmm. uh, especially the last the last few seasons or so. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there are still overly long gags. Yes, there are still a fair few shock jokes and clunky pop culture references and, you know, stuff that's going to just date the show aggressively oh, yeah. as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, but but uh, in recent years, the show seems to have had, at least creatively speaking, a little bit of a fire lit under it. They've been doing like really more interesting episodes, like kind of, kind of, kind of taking like the taking the fun that they had with the Star Wars episodes uh-huh. and doing that, doing that kind of that kind of Muppets thing where <laughs> we do a different story and everybody are, and everybody's different characters, but we're gonna take different Family Guy characters and put them in the roles. Like, haha, Carter Peter Schmidt is the Emperor. That kind of thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Or like, or like, Meg is the Meg is the. Um, I, th- I, th- I think I think like that I think that, I think that's the bit in that's the bit in in in, in every one of those ones yeah. that Meg is like something gross in every single one of them. So she's the she's the Dianoga in the trash compactor in New Hope. She's the worm I think that uh, that they land the Millennium Falcon in to, yeah. to to do the repairs. And I it's been a long time since I've seen the third one, but I think she's the Rancor. That's funny. Was it wait was she not Jabba the Hutt at one point? No, Joe was Joe was Jabba the Hutt. Joe, there was a, I, I think right. I think there was a cutaway at some point where Meg was Jabba the Hutt. But Joe, but Joe was Joe was. Jabba. Oh my God! That's, okay, cool. I thought I'm my my brain is just all over the place. Apparently, 
Anyway, I digress. Um, but yeah, there's the, the, but but they've been doing like just just more just more more um, more fun episodes. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a noir one, like a 1940s black and white noir Ooh. episode. Uh, there's a there's an episode where um, I think Stewie is Sherlock Holmes and Brian is Watson. That makes sense. That's a pretty fun one. Uh, they do a whole multiverse episode where they're just traveling from universe to universe, different animation styles and different. <sighs> I like um, those. That's a really that's a really fun episode. Uh, there's there's this great episode where Stewie builds a tent because that's actually been a thing lately. Is that Stewie stopped being Stewie stopped being evil? Obviously, evil Stewie is the funniest Stewie. Yeah. But um, but he 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 kind of lost his direction for a little while. Eventually, like the bit was just like, oh, he we're questioning his sexuality. Ha, yeah. ha, ha. Stewie's gay, everybody, and it's, it's funny because gay people are a joke. <laughs> yeah, and so, and so that that was a, that, that was a thing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then one day they they kind of made him be a little bit more into like he's he's more of a benevolent presence, but he's into science and technology. Mm-hmm. So he's like always so 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 he's like building. He's he's like building building things an episode where he builds himself a robot friend there's they they actually get a lot of use he built a time machine mm-hmm. and they get a lot of use out of that yeah and um, there's an episode where brian is screwing with stewie's time machine trying to like impress some girl mm. and um he breaks it and it like i think it like blows up or something and the whatever the stuff in it that makes the time travel possible uh kind of creates like this big like fallout kind of field and it messes with the time stream so brian and stewie are existing are are existing normally moving forward but the rest of the world is moving backwards oh no and and uh basically and basically they have to figure out how to fix stewie's time machine before stewie is unborn like they have to like 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 it's like 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 actually the actually like the climax of the episode is the doctor holding Stewie and putting Ew, no. and they have to stop that before that happens. It's crazy because it's like genuinely dramatic. Oh, I was God. watching that episode thinking this is one of the best Family Guys ever. <laughs> Just. We just like stuff him right back in there, and so they're just like doing so they're doing like regular Family Guy jokes, but they're happening like without sound and backwards. And I'm like, this oh, is pretty cool. Okay, yeah, that is new. But there's a, yeah, there's there's just a lot of and yeah, they, they've 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 made some they've made some big swings. I mean, it it, it was in the news um, about seven or eight years ago. Brian died. They killed Brian for like three episodes. Oh and my then god, yeah, I time, forgot about that. Yeah, that it, and I skipped that episode because it's just like unpleasant wait how did spoilers how does he die he gets he gets he gets hit by a car oh yeah it's not really yeah it's it it, it was pretty well publicized he just there um i think like there's there's there brian and stewie are on some kind of like time travel adventure like they tend to do Mm -hmm. in, in recent episodes and things go very very wrong and uh, they get back, and I think Stewie decides, okay, well, we, we we cannot be doing this anymore. We're, we're gonna we're, we're gonna do some real damage either to ourselves or to the time stream. So we need to we need to get rid of it. So he destroys the time machine, uh-huh. and then right after that, they're just kind of messing around. They're playing hockey in the street, and um, Brian gets hit by a car, and he dies. No. And now Stewie can't go back in time to save him because he destroyed the time machine. And yeah, just, oh. there's a, there's kind there's kind of like a, yeah, and it it, it doesn't last long everybody yeah it's also been well publicized that brian is that brian came back but yeah and i i, I just skipped that episode because yeah it's a very it's a very um it's a it's a, it's a very deeply unpleasant uh, unpleasant episode that um and, and family guy they're not the most um nuanced writers in the world <laughs> so yeah they don't handle grief very well 
Yeah, I I would imagine grief's not their their forte really. Yeah, so they, but but you know what? I can always appreciate a big swing, you know, even if it even if it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and there was like a new dog in the family that was voiced by one of the guys from Sopranos. What the heck? And yeah, he wasn't funny, by the way, everybody. He he just it was just Italian jokes. Oh. <laughs> like like there was a thing where he was like where he was like surprised about something and he goes, oh oh. Oh, oh, my God. Excuse me, everybody. I got to go into the other rooms and, and just owe myself out so I'm not surprised anymore. Cause that's, I hate it. It's, it's bad. I, I heard that joke and I'm like, this, so is, dumb. this is the worst thing. This, this, this is terrible. I don't know. So, yeah. Um, one thing I've also been noticing, mm-hmm. um, they also, like, the, 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 re- the recent episodes, they've, they have more heart and humanity to them. Than they have for a long time because mm-hmm. I mean, early Family Guy, you know, they would they would learn, they would they, you know they would they would they would kind of, they would kind of be morals to the story at the end. <laughs> Either die the hero, or you live long enough to become the villain. But yeah, it would just be like Peter was acting like a jerk, and he realizes why he was acting like a jerk. And even though it doesn't actually take because it's an episodic show, mm-hmm. there is a little bit of warmth and humanity to to, to 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 all the older episodes. And they've been and they've been doing that a lot more recently. There's they're actually they're actually kind of like creating some affection for these characters again, hmm. and they're having these genuinely warm moments without undercutting those tender moments with a joke, which is something that. Oh. Mid mid series Family Guy really liked to do. It, yeah. it, it wanted to be the cool kid in the room. It, it it didn't think it had time for warmth and humanity and niceness. Right. But it actually. But it, but but honestly, I think it works in the show's favor because you know they can get a little sappy sometimes. But honestly, I think that balances it out because Family Guy can be kind of disgusting and crude. Having some actual warmth to the characters, it it kind of it kind of goes a long way toward making it a little more palatable. Yeah, I can see that. Uh- it's probably adds some balance to it for sure. So I can't say it's all time great TV or anything. It, honestly, it never was. I love Family Guy, but it, it was never was never the greatest show. It was always it was always on, on its best day a Simpsons knockoff. Oof! Oh wow! I oh. sorry, Seth MacFarlane, but you made a Simpsons knockoff. You've mentioned it on the show, so I don't think you'll oh. be that mad at me. <laughs> okay, then if, as long as as long as Seth MacFarlane knows, it's fine, I suppose. But it's one hundred percent a Simpsons knockoff, and they, yeah. Uh, but there's honestly, in my eyes, enough of a Family Guy renaissance happening that I might start watching week to week again this fall. There's there's shows actively like currently coming out right now. Like there's still seasons coming out. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it's I, I think I think they're I think they're back and I think they're back in the fall. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, there's there's yeah I I I don't see this show stopping The Simpsons either. Wow. Oh man. Yeah. Just... I I honestly sometimes like I have like this like trippy moments where I forget. <laughs> That the Simpsons is still going. I yeah, same here. And then I remember, and you know, hearing about Family Guy just basically be on the same page. It's just so. And South Park also has over twenty seasons too. Just knowing that these animations have such long running times, it just blows my mind. Because I forget every now and again, but when you look at back at it, you're just like, wow, that there's a lot there's really there's, going. There's a lot of shows. I mean, like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Is in I I, I I know I know I know it's coming up on twenty. I don't think it I don't know I don't think it's twenty years old just yet, but it's 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 getting close. Oh my god, that sorry, I'm just having an existential crisis. I guess it's, <laughs> it's pretty wild stuff. Yeah. Huh. All right. So I have this episode. Believe it or not, is not about Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is it about? <laughs> We're going to be talking about Everybody Loves Raymond. This was my my pick this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a little bit about Everybody Loves Raymond. 
Um, it aired on CBS from 1996 to 2005. It stars Ray Romano, Patricia Heaton, Brad Garrett, Doris Roberts, Peter Boyle, and the Sweeten siblings, Madeline Sawyer and Sullivan. All, the, all three of their kids are actual real-life siblings. Oh, how cute. I love that. Blonde kids, too, despite the fact that neither of the parents are blonde. <laughs> None of those family members <laughs> look like they could produce a blonde child. It's just genetic mutations, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, sure. The show revolves around the Barone family, who live in Long Island, New York. Uh, Ray Barone, who is a sports writer for New York Newsday, and uh, Deborah, um, who is just a, she's a, she's generally a stay-at-home mom. Oh, okay. Um, she has a couple jobs as the show goes on, but uh, but yeah, she's the um. And they're 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 middle aged roughly, and they have uh, three kids, and they and that's uh, and that's um, that's Allie, Michael, and Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, yeah the 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 oldest daughter, and then and then twin, and then and then twin boys. Uh, they live directly across the street from Ray's overbearing mother Marie, played by Doris Roberts. Mm. Uh, his rude and aggressive father, um, played by Peter, um, Frank, played by Peter Boyle, and his incredibly jealous brother, played by Brad Garrett, the amazing Brad Garrett. I love Brad Garrett. Mm-hmm. I like his voice. It's great. It's yeah. a good voice. There's a lot of cartoon work too. Yeah, I heard his voice, and I was like, "Wait a second, I've heard this before." So yeah. Uh, so generally, the show explores the dysfunctional dynamic of Ray's family, um, especially of his his ac- the actual side of his family that he grew up with, and it gets a fair bit into the differences between baby boomers and generation x mm-hmm. and kind of how they're choosing to raise you know millennials now it's kind of a it's, it actually is like three distinct generations on display on this show so the grandparents are the boomers the uh so ray and deborah and um they're at least like coming up on gen on gen, gen x. x and then the kids are little baby yeah because it's 90s it starts in 96 so the yeah that's definitely yeah, Ellie was yeah Ellie was um yeah i think it's yeah it started in um yeah it started in 96 so Ellie Ellie was um Ellie was two i think cuz there, there there's there's a there's a um they 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 used to have they used to have um these like these theme song sequences where um where Ray would like lay, lay out the lay out the premise of the show for you oh. and he would say yeah and he would and he would say um oh actually no she was no she was um i think she was Four or four to six, or in that neighborhood. But she was born somewhere in like the early nineties. Yeah, that's definitely the end of millennials, and then ninety six is is the beginning of the Zoomer generation. Oh, okay, yeah. So I'm, it's yeah. I think I think all, all three of them are all, all three of them are like late stage late stage millennials. Late stage millennials. That's me, guys. Yep, same. <laughs> oh, hey, that's us. <laughs> that's funny. Cool. Um, and so yeah, and and it, it it does kind of dip into your usual stuff that you get in a in a marriage sitcom, but there is something to the fact that Ray's family is around, and and we get into this kind of generational thing that kind of gives it a little bit more juice than they usually do. Hmm. Uh, so the episode that we're doing this time is called "The Angry Family." It is the first episode of season six. So let's just dive right into that recap. Let's do it. Uh, so the Barone family is gathered at Ray and Deborah's twin sons, Michael and Jeffrey's school, uh, for an open house. And they had this kind of special little, cute little surprise where the kids had written and handmade little storybooks, you know, construction paper, and um, they tied it together with, with yarn and stuff. And and uh, they, they, they made these storybooks to uh, read to the parents. 
Robert is incredibly into the presentation. He's like, he's like leaning forward. And at one point, this kid's like, "Escape from the Blue Planet!" Finally, some science fiction. That was that's me though. <laughs> I related to that specific part so hard. I was like, "Yes, thank you, a man of culture right here." <laughs> and Frank is growing impatient and bordering on heckling the kids. Because he's a monster. He's a horrible, horrible human being. He's so annoying. Immediately, he's so annoying. But as the show, as the episode progresses, I was like, okay, he's funny. <laughs> he's, no, he's 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 a monster. But yeah, he can be pretty funny. Yeah. Um. So finally, and then and, and that is and that is and that is uh, and that is Frank's words. Finally, <sighs> Michael is called up to read his book, The Angry Family, which tells the story of a mommy and daddy who were both mad at each other and grandpa. Both of them were mad at grandpa, and the grandma. Who was mad at everyone? They were all. They all apparently yell so loud that it hurts the kids' ears. So I just want to say, like, <laughs> I was. So I've never been exposed to Everybody Loves Raymond before watching this episode. So li- looking at the title and then looking at the description, the description gave me nothing. And then getting into this part, as soon as the kid was like the angry family, I was like, oh, I get it. I know where this is going. Mm-hmm. But it was so funny watching everybody just pause. The whole Barone family pause as soon as as soon as Michael said that. Like everybody started taking full offense immediately and started projecting so hard. Yeah, they were all just like, yeah, the the the, yeah, the, the fact that it fades out from that from that cold open and they're just like they're just like all just, <laughs> just like looking shell shocked. Yeah, it was really good. Um, it was, it was hilarious how the whole family just decided to switch gears because Frank was even laughing until Grandpa was mentioned, and he's, <laughs> and like, he's like, oh hang on, oh wait. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> so, sorry. So after that scene, everyone returns to Ray and Deborah's house mortified. Uh, the other parents were evidently, according, according to Marie, they were getting looks. So the other parents evidently picked up on the subtext. Yeah. And yeah, this family has somewhat of a reputation. Oh, well, yeah. yeah they, they, we're, they're, we're, they're, six, they're, we're six seasons in, yeah. Yeah. They, so yeah, there's, 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 there's been some stuff. Dang. Uh, and Robert miss. is feeling slighted because he wasn't represented in the book. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> uh, so after Ray's family heads back across the street, he and Deborah begin to argue again, uh, passing blame back and forth for the way Michael abused the family. And um, yeah, yeah, Ray, uh, he he says, "Well, you're the one who's all you're you're the one." Um, Ray's like, "You're the one who's always yelling," and she says, "You are the reason for the yelling." <laughs> and then he says, "You assume that there must be yelling." <sighs> it w- oh my god. Sometimes you see your own family, like just sometimes you're watching some media and you're just like, wow, is that you, mom and dad? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and one, of, one of the things I like about one of the things I like about this show is that um, I, and I'm going to I'm going to get into uh, later on uh, Deborah's like I feel what Deborah's role is in this show. Uh, but I appreciate that um, there's there, there's there's like shades of gray to pretty much all the characters. They're always they're, they're they're all they're all somewhat complicated. They all have their moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, you, and, 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 and in these sitcoms, they usually have the husband is a lazy, rude idiot. Yeah. And the wife is much, much smarter mm-hmm. and much, much more socially adapted and just mm-hmm. generally always right 100 percent of the time. Those shows kind of get boring for me. <laughs> Yeah, you don't say. <laughs> yeah, and so I and so I, I I like on this show that yes, Deborah does kind of have her finger more on the pulse of what is right, but she does, but she does have her moments where occasionally she gets maybe a little overly upset about things, and mm. and 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 so and so there's actually like wrong on both sides. Right. Ray is usually more wrong, I will say, but I feel like nobody was in the right in this entire episode. Mm-hmm. 
And, and and honestly, that 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 was, that was a good back and forth. That you are you're the reason for the yelling. Well, you assume there must be yelling. Why can't we just talk? Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> so they begin to realize that they have a problem just as they receive a call from the kids' teacher Eileen <laughs> about the parent-teacher conference. I don't know why. I, I I wonder if it was scripted, but I just love when when Ray goes to pick up the phone. He like trips. Oh. I wonder if that was scripted. <laughs> it looked like a genuine trip. Like, <laughs> I think they were monitored to slips. <laughs> like, should we keep that in? Yeah? Okay, Why cool. not? Yeah. Yeah, just, let's do it. <laughs> we need some physical comedy out of this guy, because that's one thing. I, I do, I, I, I find I find Ray Romano's voice very funny, just mm-hmm. just on its own. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and then the show picks up on that after a while. He does a, he does a, he does a lot more. They'll, they'll, they'll lean into words that he says mm. with his Long Island accent. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. And and I, I always, I always, there's 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 one episode where it's like, and one would be wrong. Oh my god! And, it's, and it literally draws out words, and hits the O's really hard. And I'm just like, this is so funny. I'm dead. From Long Island. <laughs> Don't come at me for that. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so the next day at the conference, uh, Ray and Deborah are clearly nervous. And a little bit of shame of themselves, and trying to come off in, uh, they're trying to come off as gregarious and nonchalant as possible. They don't have good poker faces. It does not go well. Uh, Deborah's voice goes uh. up like an entire octave, and she laughs way too hard, like at her own like joke. The way her face scrunches throughout too, I'm like, sweetie, you look constipated. <laughs> Just relax. Ray goes off on a strange tangent about improv comedy. Oh my god. And- <laughs> Eileen, Eileen, the teacher, is just absolutely speechless by this. Like, is, is that what is that what he was doing? And he's like, probably, probably not. not. <laughs> Which is, oh my god. I've done that though. I know how he feels. Where like, I, I'm, I'm like explaining something, and after a while, I'm just like, why, why am I getting into this right now? <laughs> okay, but I feel that. But um, no, they really, they really. They they're acting like they're guilty of something when this was probably a regular a regular parent teacher conference mm-hmm. and I think it's great that they basically tell on themselves. Yeah, and yeah, we'll we'll get, we'll get into that in a second. Oh my god, this is gonna be great. Uh, so Ray accuses Deborah of stealing his IP in terms of the watch. The, there's, 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 a, there's a back and forth thing. Mm-hmm. Well, our family's normal, comparatively normal. I mean, watch <laughs> the news. And Deborah throws out that exact same exchange. She shot him. He's he's salty because she shot him down earlier when he said that. And then she throws that at the teacher. It's like that's mine. I said that. Yeah. It's like, uh, we watch the news. Which just that was the, the, the wrong venue for that <laughs> to be starting that stuff up. Oh but. my god. Uh, so Eileen brings up the idea of uh, family counseling, which uh, makes Ray and Deborah even more nervous. Uh, Deborah begins to get extremely accusatory before basically breaking down and laying and just in, in, in an amazing monologue, just breaking down the front of the show. I just I needed to read this verbatim because this good. it's too good. This was good. OK, so Deborah says, when I got married, I didn't just get a husband. I got a whole freak show that set up their tent right across the street. And that that would be fine if they stayed there. But every day, every day, they dump a truckload of their insane family <laughs> dreck into my lap. How would you like to sit through two people in their 60s fighting over who invented the lawn? (laughs) The lawn! And then the brother. I live in an apartment. I don't have a lawn. (laughs) Raymond has a lawn. But you can't blame him when you see who the mother is. She has this kind of sick hold on the both of them. And the father's about as disgusting a creature as God has ever dropped onto this planet. So no wonder the kid writes stories. I should be writing stories. My life is a gothic novel. And until you have lived in that house with all of them in there day after day, week after week, every year after freaking year, you are in no position to judge me! 
like breaks into tears, like they yeah. break down into tears. The teacher is just mouth agape. Her, her jaw is on the floor. Yeah, that was also my reaction when Deborah started going off, and she kept going, and I was like, oh. <laughs> she's holding this for a while. Um, hard cut to the family now in counseling with yeah. uh, Father Hubley, who is uh, they go to a, they go to a Catholic school. Um, that's interesting, um, and it's funny how they have the entire family, the uncle and the grandparents, as well as the parents. Yeah, they probably. I think they, they probably. We, we, we need to see if we can <laughs> sift through this a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so we see Father Hubley, who is the. I, I guess he's like the, uh, the, the the main priest. He is like leafing through the angry family. Uh, he tries to kick things over to Eileen, who is still a little bit scared. <laughs> Excuses herself in the surroundings. Like Eileen, would you like to? Nope. No. no thank you. <laughs> Are you no? No. I said no. The look she gave. But. All that aside, I'm sure it was really cathartic for Deborah to get that all, all off her chest. Um, I'm pretty sure that this entire family needs like actual, multiple, proper therapy sessions. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, I'm sure a, I'm sure a priest can work, but yeah, a priest and a school counselor mm-hmm. probably not the most equipped to handle this. Yeah, I'm sorry, but do you all have psychology degrees or marriage a marriage counseling degrees? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So Adam, the school's counselor, but he but he first thinks of himself more of a, as a facilitator. Frank, oh great! <laughs> oh boy, <Yeah. laughs> or whatever. <laughs> um, he begins by trying to find the root of everyone's anger. Marie, just not even not even hiding it. She yeah, she like she like nods in Deborah's direction. Deborah loses it, <laughs> um, and just she 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 gets she gets she gets ready she gets ready to just leave. Oh. Uh, she calms down, but she demands that Ray who likes to be Switzerland. Um, I hate it. She, she demands that Ray say something objective. I was listening. It's, 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 it's not okay, but I love Ray's illustration of Deborah's anger where he's like, he, it's like, if Deborah's, if Deborah's all, and he does like a, like a, like a, like a strangling gesture with his hands. He goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, Deborah's really good. But but her anger, you know? she has a lot to do, you know. <laughs> oh man. Um, and so yeah, his theory as to his as as to as to the cause of her being sad is pretty typical of him. He, I think he knows. I think he knows that she needs more help from him. He just likes to try to avoid that, which is ridiculous because I don't know if you tag team. You know your responsibilities. It's so much easier. Um, I honestly kind of hate how how Ray re- deflects everything. It's he's it's not when you have a partner, you gotta your 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 partners, bruh. You gotta like do things together, even if you have to compromise, which I don't feel is quite the thing. But look, I feel like Deborah is pretty understandably upset in this situation because everybody is pointing at her saying you are angry you are the problem um like okay but maybe y'all can't maybe the maybe the barone family doesn't take too well to an outsider's you know pointing and saying like dude that's not cool or hey that's toxic or hey why like you're really gonna let this happen like i get it i get it because um like you know if you walk if you walk into a new situation you see something funky like and you say something, and then everyone's like, oh, no, that you're the problem. It's like, I don't know. It feels like gaslighting. I feel like the family's gaslighting her. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, Marie is Mar- Marie. Marie is just an expert in all that kind of and all the, and all those kind of like manipulative tactics. Uh. She's very, very about all that guilt, gaslighting, all that kind of like she's she's very much gaslight, gatekeep, girl boss. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it really, it really, and 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 honestly, like Ray could Ray could help more with the kids. He's a journalist. You could do that work from home. You could. Oh, hello, we're journalists. We do that work from home a yeah, lot. I, this is the first time this week I've been in the newsroom. Yeah, I've been doing my work from home because you can do that on the computer. Mm-hmm. This was this was uh, this was this was this was like the approaching the mid two thousands. I think that at least dial up internet was becoming a pretty <laughs> widespread thing. Right. And plus, but yeah, he, and he's got a computer at home. He can just type things up and run it down to the office, mm-hmm. and he's fine. So he he uses it, he uses it he uses it as an excuse. There's an episode actually where he where he um, he says that he has to work late, but he's just at the office screwing around. Wow. Okay. And so yeah, he 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 spends a lot of his time screwing around or waiting for games and all that kind of stuff. Right, because he's a sports writer. Mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> uh, so after this happens. Robert dramatically rises to his feet. He does one of his favorite, one of one of my favorite things that he does. Um, he 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 has he has he has like this really like 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 when, like when Robert wants like wants the room to listen to him or or like he's about to like like the, like the, like there's an episode where he's um he does this too and he's um they're about to play a board game and Robert is the one who wants to read the directions. Everyone else is like, let's figure it out as we go, but Robert wants to read the directions. So, he, so, he, so and and they're like, no, come on, Robert, we'll just um we'll just we'll just we'll, um, we'll figure it out as we go. And then he like aggressively kind of like kind of like kind of like goes like, <laughs> and he's like. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, he, he he does that here, and then dramatically yeah. rises to his feet and declares himself to be the outsider of the family. Yeah, and he claims that Ray is the source of everyone's tension due to his sense of entitlement, which is a thing. It is, yes. Yeah, there, I... there's 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 an episode where he needs a toothbrush, so he goes over to the parents' house, and the mom and, and, and Murray asks him, well, "What kind of toothbrush do you want?" He says, "Blue medium." And wow. um and 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 he says and he and and um and she and and so she and so she yells to Robert in the other room, um, Robert, get your brother a blue medium toothbrush. No, the blue mediums are mine. Oh my god. And um he comes back with a green one. Ray says, This isn't blue. Why do you need a blue one? Because it's what I want. <laughs> That's so annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness. He doesn't get away with it, by the way. That that, that, was, that wasn't like seen as 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 like as like as like okay behavior, but. This is a grown man. But this is how he acts, yeah. I want a blue toothbrush. <laughs> I don't want it to be green. Specific size toothbrush to a blue medium. Oh my god. <laughs> Spoiled. He is one hundred percent. That 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 that's that's a that's a running thing, is that um it was it was it was it was that kind of that kind of that kind of second child that kind of second child dynamic mm. where you know she, she there were there were there were there were a lot there were a lot more mistakes made with Robert because he's the older brother and then oh. Ray is the baby and mm. he was and 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 she and and and, and Marie kind of latched on to him more and doted on him more and Robert felt kind of bad so he's got kind of an abandonment complex going on too understandably. But it's crazy because yeah, like 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 sometimes she shows preferential treatment toward Raymond. Other times she is just as suffocating, overbearing with Robert as she is with Ray. So she goes she goes back and forth. There's there's mm. there's more there's more to their dynamic than just she likes one better than the other. It's 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 she 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 doesn't even seem to understand where she's coming from with it. Hmm. Okay. But uh, but yeah, that's that's where Robert's coming from. But at the same time, Robert is. You know he's generally pretty successful. He's a NYPD police sergeant. You know he's 
you know, he he's 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 carved out he's carved out a life for himself. Mm-hmm. But he won't. But he, but he but he but he but he kind of is still stuck in that childhood mindset and still jealous of Ray. He's still very jealous, and he has a kind of a victim complex going on too. I've that he, he gets very yeah he 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 gets very very dramatic about <laughs> being a victim. Oh my god! And there and there actually is an episode where he gets called out for like no, you just like being the victim. You like being able to blame anything that goes wrong in your life on on. On, on, on your brother when you have all you when you have control. Wow. Which he does. He even admits it. <gasps> okay. I need to watch more of this show then. Yeah, there's there there's a lot there's a lot that goes on. Um by the way, I love Brad Garrett. Brad Garrett is like kinda of like the MVP of this show, I mm-hmm. think. Um his monologue is great. Um and his face the face he makes when Ray makes it because he because he says because he says, um um I I uh or I, I um I have I have a very specific role in this family, that of an outsider. And I feel that I am able to observe this family's issues from a very unique perspective. And Ray from the and Ray from the Jerry goes twelve of the beanstalk because he's super tall. He is really tall. Very very tall. <laughs> it's actually an episode. Yeah, where Deborah's like Deborah's like I have a good mind to go grab a step ladder and smack you right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, but yeah, it's the, the, I, I I can't really describe the face that Robert makes in response to this. Like his face, kind of like like part of his face, like like that he tenses up, and like one of his lips, kind of like he kind of like squeezes his whole face. Base, yeah. Just imagine that you just just imagine that you're like trying to make a point, and your spoiled younger sibling just has to get that word in about you. That emotion, just try to just translate that to a facial expression, and you got it. And you basically, yeah. And then, and then, in addition to that, you also want to continue what you were saying. So he like the hit, the hit happens. <laughs> he gets irritated, and then he just like swallows it. Yeah. <sighs> and 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 all that reads on his face, and it's it like does. brilliant acting, and also hilarious. Great body language, <laughs> truly. Oh my god, poor guy. So next we move on to, or well, well because because uh, because yeah, they, they, I I think the, the the lawn thing comes up again. Robert mm-hmm. mentions again. Oh, at least uh, what was that? wife, kids, lawn, <laughs> and that reminds Frank and Marie of their lawn discussion from Deborah's monologue about the inventor of the lawn. And yeah, Marie's like, no one invented it. It's grass. So you're telling me cavemen cavemen had lawns? Yes, they were called fields, you baboon. <laughs> <laughs> then Frank lays out his theory that Marie is the source of tension because she never approved of Ray being taken away from her. It's not that she doesn't like, and, and, and that is a thing. She does, she, she doesn't necessarily dislike Deborah, but she is very attached to Ray and she feels very slighted that he moved on with his life. And she kind of finds any, any reason she can to like insinuate herself back into that role. Oh my god, that explains everything. Okay, so, and it's so funny how she turns to Frank and she's like, how dare you? Oh yeah, he, he, th- that struck a nerve. It did, oh my god. Okay, so that, ex- that explains everything. That's the whole, like, that's the whole attachment with, like, the whole mama's boy type of real dynamic relationship. So, she's so she's just an overly attached, or just, I don't know how attached, but she's, yeah, she's- really attached and... What is it? Stakes a lot of lot stakes a lot on on her relationship with her baby boy. Yes, okay. basically, yes. She she is very yeah. She's um, 
she does have a lot of personality quirks and tendencies that are unrelated to that, but that kind of, I believe, is the center of her. I've been watching the show since I was like eight years old, everybody. <laughs> right. Um, is the, is that, 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 that is kind of like the center of her behavior is that she just, and, and yeah, Frank, Frank is correct. <sighs> I mean, that, that's actually, I'll, 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 I'll kind of like wrap this, wrap this whole thing up. Yeah. Cause that's actually what I love about this scene is that. Honestly, I think everybody's right. Everybody's right about where the anger is coming from. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say it's that all too. different. It's all different places. I think yeah. Father probably kind of breaks that down too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, but 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 yeah, Frank Frank drops a bombshell because he says something that is just very very incisive and very very correct. That because that, that 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 that's the way he put it. You want to see the you want to see that you you, you want to know the source the uh, source of the anger. I'm chained to it. Um, and you want to know how she got this way that. Right here. She married him, and this one can't deal with it. Yep. And that's when she's like, how dare you? She, and she just... She loses she it. She leaps to her feet and just begins this massive old person tirade <laughs> about about pop psychiatry and, and how society's gotten soft. And, and how the and, kids have feelings, yeah, and we have to consider yeah, the kids' feelings. Consider the kids' feelings, and everybody gets a trophy. <laughs> oh, my God. Just, 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 it was like Ark of the Covenant in terms of, like, angry old person resentments. Like, I thought... <laughs> I thought Frank had the angry old person resentment stuff, but whoa, Marie. Yeah, she, okay. she pops. She pops hard in this scene. She popped. And then she also takes credit for how well the family functions, that we're very open, we're very honest, mm. very loving. So I'm just, yeah, I'm sure she can take credit for, for how the family is. <laughs> so that all happens. Everything kind of settles back down. Yeah. And... um and um, and yeah, they have their, they have their, they have their the, the usual the usual exchanges between Frank and Marie. She says, um, "We gotta have a we gotta have a meeting. We have to have an inquiry. We have to have a witch hunt." She plops down. Frank says, "I think we found her." <laughs> <laughs> He's so mean. Uh, so. After all that, we take a second to breathe. Father Hubley, he's just been absorbing all this. By the way, at the beginning of the scene, he, we're, we're seeing that he's very, 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 very exhausted. He's he, he clearly has done a lot of family counseling, and it's very, very tiring for him. But at one point, he's just like, no, let's drop the tension, all right? We all have enough tension in our lives. Believe me, this job sucks the life out of you. <laughs> That's the Catholic guilt right there. <laughs> I, 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 I think I was saying earlier off mic, I, I, just, I, do love a, I do love an exhausted priest. Me too. <laughs> I really relate, you know. <laughs> so funny to me. Anyway, um, that's my uh, Reverend Lovejoy on The Simpsons. One of my favorites. Oh my god, yes. He's just so. He's jaded at this point. Just wants to go into his basement and play with his trains. Leave him alone. <laughs> let him play. Let the man play with his trains. So Father Hubley's just sitting there. Thank you, everybody, for a lovely morning. <laughs> <laughs> he must deal with so many families. Because trust me. Families in the church uh, have a lot to deal with. They got a lot of things to sort out. So Father Hubley then kind of breaks everything down. Uh, he lays out his own theory for the family, which is that it's not about any one person. Mm-hmm. There is nobody to blame. This is not a witch hunt because mm-hmm. there is no one person who is who is who is who is responsible for all this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His own theory is that they're just too close. Their personalities are wrong for each other, and they're just too close. And they have big personalities, all of them, and that cause and they cause problems by being too close to each other. And the way he puts it is that it's like it's like ping pong balls 
bouncing off of each other in a lottery machine. Yeah, but there's no winner. Except, yeah, except this time, there's no winner. Yeah. At least of all the children. Yep. And he brings that, and um, and the result is often very explosive, and that's honestly pretty much every episode of the show. Some kind of some kind of childhood trauma comes up. Mm. They yell at each other in the living room, and somebody makes a realization that okay, I need to fix this. I need to fix this behavior. Hmm. Okay. And so after a moment of stunned silence, having been very rightfully called out. The whole group trips over each other in an attempt to get parenting books. Which is great. I'm glad yeah. that I'm glad that that actually struck a chord with these characters and that they were actually willing to change up what they were doing. I also re- I, Hub, Father Hubley had a great point bringing it all back to the kids and how everyone should focus on the, on the kids and how they're dealing with like with all the the family issues because it's not about them at the end of the day. It's I mean in some aspect it it is about them, but um, you know they basically dragged some these kids. They had these kids and dragged them into their family drama, their existing family drama, and you know those kids have to observe it all. And you know, of course, that's why everybody this family thought that the the angry family was about them, because everybody knows that kids see everything. Everybody knows that kids hear everything. Um, so the fact that you know, everybody thought that this was like a cry for help or a cry for something, you know, mm-hmm. calling out, calling out the family without like, you know, explicitly calling them out. So, yeah, no, it's great that um, they brought that he brought it all back to the actual point is like, bruh, the kids, my my brothers in Christ, <laughs> my comrades in arms. This is all about the children. And like I totally get that. Like, I wish that my <laughs> whole toxic family would have actually thought about the children when it came to all this stuff. But yeah, anyways, um, we can we can move on. I just wanted to say that that was really cool that Hubley brought it back to the kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I, I want to give a quick shout-out, though, to uh, Charles Durning. He's uh-huh. the one who plays uh, Father Hubley. Mm-hmm. Um, really funny character in a really low-key kind of way. But also, he delivers a really like, blisteringly great dramatic monologue here. Yeah. There's actually, there's actually, this is actually a very theatrical episode because yeah, huh. pretty much everybody, I, I, think, I think just about everybody gets at least a short monologue. Except Ray. Except Ray. Ray yeah. doesn't. But but that, but that but but honestly, Ray getting a big monologue wouldn't have fit for his character because that's not who Ray is. Ray's super really? neurotic. He's very he's, he's 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 very neurotic. He doesn't really like to express himself all that much. He's he's a you know he's a he's a um, he's one of those writers that expresses himself mostly on the page. Uh, doesn't really do so well with his actual like out loud words. That's funny. Okay, cool. So yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't like like it's it's not that he doesn't talk much, but yeah, but having a big having a big monologue like this, he wouldn't. He he, he probably it, it makes sense to me that he wouldn't participate. But yeah, just just about just about everybody in the cast gets a big gets 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 an actual like big monologue. It's very much like a play. Yeah, that's true. Um, Frank, when they come back in uh, after after the the book reading. Um, Mar- uh, Deborah <laughs> uh, with uh, the at the parent the, the, the old time great. I need to see if she won like an Emmy for that episode. That was she good. Have. No, d- d- you... that, that was that was some of the best sitcom acting I've ever seen in my entire life. I feel like, like she was funny. It was funny and like I could feel all of her feelings. Exactly. I was gonna moment. say I feel like she was drawing from a real place right there because that was that was I felt it. I felt that. I felt uh, which is why I was just shocked. Like I need to look it up and see if she was at least nominated. If she wasn't at least nominated for that episode, I'm gonna be very upset yeah. with that with that organization. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So to wrap this episode up. That night, Michael comes to visit Ray and Deborah in their room while they're reading their parenting books. Mm-hmm. After a quick conversation, though, 
Big twist, Michael reveals the Angry Family was actually based on a cartoon called Monster Maniacs. Yup. In typical Ray Barone fashion, he rejects the knowledge and betterment because he doesn't feel guilted into it anymore. But thankfully, Deborah seems to have um, picked up on what she needs to pick up on. She got what she needed out of the story. Mm-hmm. And in a very quick moment, she goes back to her book. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to better herself. Yeah, if you blink at the right time, you'll miss it. <laughs> it's very good. I, I kind of feel like the writers were trying to were trying to um, maybe take maybe maybe like de-emphasize that a little bit. I don't know why they would, but it felt that way to me. Yeah, strange. Yeah. By the way, I knew they were projecting so hard. I knew it wasn't going to be actually about the family, and it was going to be about something completely different. But yeah, <laughs> it all comes down to if the if the boot fits. If the boot fits, sweetie, sweaty. All right, Tim. Um, how did this episode hold up for you? All right, so I have talked about Everybody Loves Raymond on this podcast before numerous times. A few, usually, yeah. Usually where it doesn't even actually fit. Um, <laughs> You're just like, you know, that reminded me of Everybody Loves Raymond, and I'm like, really? <laughs> it's a weird show, 100%. On one hand, it's a really easily digestible show populated by an incredibly funny and talented cast that, you know, they, 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 they pretty much everybody is able to balance being really, really funny and being able to be broad and big and, and, and hilarious, mm-hmm. but also being able to have genuinely, like, dramatic moments. There's a lot of, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot of really good, like, dramatic moments in this show that, that, that actually play really well. In a very, in a very, in a very Frasier-y kind of way. It's honestly probably why I like the show so mm-hmm. much, because the general vibe of it, obviously Frasier is, like, Mount Rushmore sitcom for me. Right. This one's a little bit lower on the list, but I still love it. Hmm. But the vibe of the show reminds me a lot of Frasier. That's it. I th- I figured this one would be on your Mount Rushmore. Okay. It, it there are I guess there's times where it is, but other <laughs> times I feel like maybe it's a little bit. It doesn't really. It doesn't really um, hold up the best. I think this episode holds up pretty well. I think so. Too. Well, um, we'll get to that. <laughs> but yeah, it's um. An incredibly funny, intelligent cast, and it and it explores the usual uh, the usual stories that you see in a domestic life sitcom. Um, on the other, though, the constant presence of of Ray's family forces the show, consciously or not, to be about generational trauma. Like like even if they're not trying to make it about generational trauma, it's about generational trauma. That's there. That's mm-hmm. all in the text. Mm-hmm. It, you can't escape it. If, if 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 you're putting if you're if you're having a character every single episode interact with their parents. You have made your show about generational trauma. Yeah, that's true. You can't. You, there's no way out. Um, I used to think with this episode that Michael revealing that the book was actually about a cartoon was a cop out, but lately I've actually been feeling that it, it actually doesn't hurt it at all. And honestly, to, to me, it makes it a little bit more powerful because I agree. That is that because because I mean that's something I've been seeing a lot as I've as I've grown up is that yeah you start to you start to see yourself and relate to to things in fiction that you watch. You start to kind of like see a mirror up to yourself. And it's always a humbling and sobering experience to see yourself in something, especially when the realization that that piece of media or fiction or whatever it is uh, that it brings you to isn't necessarily a positive one, which that's the idea behind shows like Seinfeld. I'm always saying Philadelphia. People are always like, oh, you shouldn't want to be or you shouldn't relate to to, to Seinfeld. But the thing about Seinfeld is that, no, that's why Seinfeld is such a smart show, because it, it it is. There are aspects of that show that everybody can relate to. You're just not supposed to like it. You just you're supposed to see yourself in George Costanza, but you're not going to be like, I think my life's on the right track because <laughs> I've done George Costanza things. No, yeah. no. You, same thing with the, the, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. They hold a mirror up to society, mm. and while the and, and while that show is way more exaggerated than Seinfeld, um, you are kind of able to see. You, you'll probably be able to see just glimpses of your own behavior. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to help you be a better person. 
That's always how I've read it. So yeah, Ray being Ray felt he was off the hook. Um, uh, but there's this, but there's this blink and you'll miss it moment, as I as I said before, mm-hmm. right at the end, right mm-hmm. before the final scene fades, uh, created by Philip Rosenthal, um, that Deborah goes back to her parents. She rolls her eyes at Ray and she goes back to her parenting book. And actually, like the, the that movement is actually like overlaps with the fade. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's really quick, so quick. I never noticed it before. So Ray is stuck in his ways. You know, he shouldn't have to change. Why should he? Everybody loves him. Mm. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if Ray doesn't change because I have always felt, and I, just, I was talking about this earlier, I've always felt that the true protagonist of this show is Deborah. Mm-hmm. She's the outsider. You know, Ray, Ray, Ray is definitely still kind of in this in this family. He's not pulling away. Earlier in the show, he's kind of he's kind of like a he's kind of like a kind of like a straight man, a straight man character for his family. But as it goes on, it starts to become more about his trauma and his nonsense as a kid and all the stuff that his that that that, that happened with his parents. And it just becomes he's he's exploring that and he's exploring it with Deborah, who is now kind of the she's sometimes the straight man and sometimes she just like this episode just can't handle it anymore. Yeah. No, I, I can see why. <laughs> um, but yeah, she always like all, all throughout the show, she's the one who takes the who takes the who takes the lessons that she needs the she needs to take. There's mm-hmm. a lot of there's there's a lot there's there are a lot of episodes where she actually has to like reckon with something that maybe she's doing wrong or and she's the one who learns. Mm-hmm. So the show is everybody loves Raymond, but Deborah is, but Deborah is the actual is the actual main character, I believe. Um, yeah, she realized that she took the lessons she needed to take, and despite the fact she wasn't being directly called out, because that was that was that, that was how Ray was like, oh well, they wasn't talking about me, so I'm doing just fine. Right. Um, but Deborah was like, well, I did, I I I saw a version of myself in that book, and. The fact that I saw that 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 I saw myself that clearly in a piece of fiction that wasn't about me, I just realized something about myself, and I need to fix it. I like that. And 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 that and that I think is more powerful than just seeing the kids say that they're feeling uncomfortable because of the family experience, and they decide to stop yelling so much. I think it's more powerful that she, that she realized, oh yeah, I I. I had a mirror show up and I didn't like what I saw. So I made what I made the changes I needed to change to be able to, to be able to like myself better. I love that. And so, yeah, and, and that's what the show is all about. It's about taking trauma from the past and stopping the patterns before they hurt the next generation. And uh, this episode, this, uh, and, and this episode, especially Deborah's story in it perfectly portrays that. Yeah, you picked the perfect episode about generational trauma. <laughs> and also, in Ray's defense, he does have episodes where he learns and changes too. He just he just, he's this one's just not really about him, so he's kind of more just a goofball in the background. Yeah, and he annoys me in this episode just a little bit because yeah, he's all he's always he's always annoying. That's just, oh. that's just kind of how he is. Cool, love that. <laughs> Um, you know, it's honestly a surprisingly good episode. I I don't know what I was expecting because I'd never watched Everybody Loves Raymond, like I mentioned earlier. Um, I hate I. It's great that Deborah's a protagonist and that she's the one that ta- is the one that takes away lessons from um things that go on in the plot. <clears throat> but I do hate that the burden of learning and growing and becoming a better parent is all on Deborah. Yeah, that is definitely true. Yeah, it's 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 typical though. Um, I like that this show like focuses and examines that aspect of the heteronormative, you know, nuclear relationship. Um, I also really like how it's well. So, uh, I've lived in a lot of like multi generational homes. <sighs> <laughs> And boy, howdy, does the generational trauma come 
out. Um, you know, like I, I, it's happening a lot more often these days um, because nobody can afford to live on their own. Um, there's a lot more uh, people staying with their parents and having kids and in the, in the same homes as their parents. Um, but, you know, Mexicans have been doing that a long time. <laughs> And so a lot of my cousins, a lot of my family members have that multi-generational. We have this, but it's all under one roof. So yeah, uh, seeing this, I was like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, you definitely have, you know, the the grandparents' really old traditional ways of thinking. And it's just like, dude, you are obviously so wrong. What are you doing? Then there's the your parents who are like, oh, they're just old blah 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 don't pay any mind to them and the kids are like how can I not pay any mind to them they're, they're my grandparents you know is it, I'm, <laughs> I'm I feel I, I'm realizing now that I'm speaking from like actual experience too like not just what I saw on here so it's good I really like this this was a really good episode that you chose I'm gonna give it a five out of five because I you know me and trauma I vibe with it I'm <laughs> always ready to tackle that and and uh grow from it and maybe feel less trauma <laughs> we really wasn't afraid to engage with it that's why yeah really... it was cool it was really cool um I I like the the angle of Deborah being the protagonist because it really does feel that way because I I you before you even like mentioned like oh that she's the outsider in the in the family it's 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 pretty obvious because again you know she she's the one that is seen as the person who stole Ray away from his mother and she's the one that's dealing with his wacky wild circus animal family you yeah, know she's getting lasers from two sides because because um Marie's upset yeah she that she that that that, that, that they stole her baby mm-hmm. and then it's not really directed at her like directly but she does like represent something that Robert wants oh yeah and so there's like this kind of this there's just kind of this uncomfortable vibe there too because he's he's because he comes over and he's and he's upset because oh he's married he has kids I'm not I'm well he he's well, Robert Robert was in a bad marriage and he's, and he's divorced oh. and he moved in with the parents oh and I, I think at this point in the series though he is uh, he's living in his own apartment he had, he, had, he had recently moved out and I think he's gonna meet his future wife Amy pretty soon <gasps> Oh. But um, but yeah, but he, but yeah, Deborah, Deborah, Deborah kind of represents, you know, the kind of thing that he feels that Raymond doesn't deserve. No, he doesn't deserve and, her. <laughs> honestly, yeah. Dude, no, yeah, okay, yeah, that's 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 another interesting take because I my brain realized that, but you saying it all out loud like that, I'm like, oh dang, there really are people who are just like coveting other people's wives, huh, and their lives. Yeah, it's not. It's not even that he like wants Deborah. It's just more that no. he wants that. Yeah, he just wants the. Yeah, it still kind of objectifies her in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, I mean, and, and I keep Frank out of this because Frank, Frank's just Frank's just all id. He just, he just, he just, he just wants, he just wants, uh, he just wants dinner on the table. Yeah, what do you? What can you do with the grumpy old man? He just, he just wants to watch football while unzipping his pants on the on the. <laughs> On the, on the armchair in the living room, you know that's 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 Frank Barone. He doesn't really have anything particularly big what, that he wants. What a life! <laughs> I would love to just vibe and chill like that. But yeah, um, I think it holds up well. I I think so too. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, there's there's a lot there there, there there are certain episodes I think where it's, there's there's just some bum takes, mm-hmm. but that that's any that's any sitcom. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this one definitely I think holds up pretty well, and it actually kind of gives you kind of gives you something to think about. Like you know, just 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 just, just kind just kind of like looking more deeply into that. Huh. That person in that show kind of reminds me of myself. Do I like that? Yeah. Oh my god. Especially with anger, because anger is such. A, oh, I got all ang- I got all funny on the inside because I was just thinking about anger. Um, <laughs> everybody has anger and deals with anger, and I feel like anger is something that's passed down through generations more so than you know the whole like mental illness and depression and all that stuff um, because. Anger is the one is the most volatile one, and it just when you direct it at people, it, 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 everybody in this in this in this episode had had their own anger to reckon with, and I love that. Um, I've worked a lot on my own anger and anger issues. Like I'm not this volatile, fiery kid that I used to be back in high school. Yeah, and 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 also like what's really insidious about anger too mm-hmm. is that it's a negative emotion. Obviously, it makes mm-hmm. you feel bad. But it's an emotion. But on some no, but but on some levels though, um, there is something pleasurable in there about being mad at somebody because when you're mad at somebody, you feel wronged, and you kind of have that like the like the probably, like, probably a big part of the anger is like kind of like this righteousness. You're yelling at this person because you know you're right and they're wrong, and it can be a little addictive because it kind of feels good to be mad. I admit, yes, I feel, I agree with that. I mean, yeah. Ultimately, my anger gives me a stomach ache, like in, in, in the long run. But I like, feel that. But like, but like, but like, in the moment, if I'm ever like, if I ever get, it doesn't happen often, but occasionally, I'll get it. I'll get to a point where I'm just like yelling at somebody. You, when you're actually yelling at the person, it feels good for a second. Like it kind of feels like you're you're let, you're letting this person have it. You're 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 kind of keying this person in to how miserable they're making you feel. Yeah. It's not okay. It's not everybody. I'm not no. condoning anger. Anger is not a fun thing. It rips, it's cathartic. It, 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 it rips you apart on the inside. Oh yeah, it damages relationships. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but but that's what's so dangerous about it because it kind of feels good. Yeah, that's the thing. You, you gotta be careful with your anger. It's like a bad puppy, <laughs> bad dog. You have to like reel, reel reel in sometimes, and kind of like give a talking to. Be like, hey. That wasn't cool, man. You need to cool it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I've come a long way with mine. Um, still growing, obviously, because, like, there's been, the, there's been those times where I snap at someone because I am just not in the mood, and I'm like, great. Now now I just, I just, I did a bad thing. I Restraint is what's actually, you know, the best part, not lashing out, and, yeah, it's a lot, so. Yeah, I feel yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it sounds like we both agree that the angry family holds up. Hey, woohoo! But yeah, if you if just 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 just, just one one final message to anybody out there: if you have passed up Everybody Loves Raymond because it looks like a bland, normal just steak and meat and potatoes, like meat and potatoes, just 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 regular family sitcom, there's more to it. But the, the cast the cast is absolutely magnificent. They're all they're all they're all amazing. I mean, I mean, like Peter Boyle alone. P- Peter Peter Boyle, for anybody unfamiliar, I mean, he's he's been in a million things. I primarily know him as um, my favorite Frankenstein monster from Young Frankenstein. He plays the Frankenstein monster. Oh, there's actually my an episode God. of Everyone's Raymond where he is. Um, it, 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 it's impl- it's implied that he dresses up as Frankenstein's monster for Halloween every single year. I love that. And so I'm like, I I see I see I see what I see what, I see what you're getting at. I love when showrunners do that when they know of an actor's you know for, like previous roles and they just throw in an Easter egg just because they know that those are the roles they're known for. But yeah, Peter Boyle is hilarious. Mm-hmm. So is Doris Roberts. Um, yes. And Brad Garrett. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and, 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 and Patricia Heaton um, and Ray Romano. I've, I've actually I've actually been liking Ray Romano a lot more lately. I, 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 I used to think eh, he just he just he just whines a lot, <laughs> but he's actually been doing a lot more like kind of dramatic ish kind of stuff lately. I like that. Uh, there's this movie that he did with um, I can't remember who directed it, but it was with uh, Camille Nagiani. It's called uh, The Big Sick. The Big Sick. I haven't and, heard uh, of it. Basically, it, it, it's, it's about it's about it's about Camille Nagiani plays a guy who falls in love with this girl. They have this kind of like whirlwind you know, week-long kind of romance. And then she, something happens, and they put her in a medically-induced coma. Oh. And I'm not sure exactly what it was that compelled him to go to the hospital to see her, but he does, and he ends up being kind of like in a, kind of like in a, a sort of a, it's just it's kind of like this awkward, but still kind of meaningful friendship with her parents. I don't remember who played the mom, but Ray Romano plays her dad. Huh. And he's really good in that movie. I think I saw that and I'm like, oh, so Ray Romano's actually like a really good dramatic actor too. Ooh, okay. So he was just whining and, and so he was just doing the character then and whining and being like that in Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to separate the characters that an actor plays from the actor as a person. Because I've never because I've never seen him. And I know he's I know he also plays the woolly mammoth in uh, Ice Age. And he's the same character basically, except now he's a woolly mammoth. <laughs> That's how I know his voice. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. You always do this for me. Thank you. <laughs> okay, before I digress again, maybe we should wrap this up. All right. We are <laughs> wrapping it up now. All right, so if you like what you just heard, um, make sure to tell your friends and leave us a rating review wherever you found us to help spread the word. Um, we are a Riverside area newspaper at RC, um, operating out of RCC. Uh, you can find our papers uh, at Riverside Libraries. Uh, you can find them in Orange Box on the RCC campus, or you can find our stories on viewpointsonline.org. Mm-hmm. You can also find us on Facebook, Riverside City College Viewpoints, as well as on Twitter and Instagram at RCC Viewpoints. Uh, Leo, if the people were to be looking for you personally, where could they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Chupacabral. It's Chupacabra with an L and an underscore at the end because I'm a cute little cryptid. Um, where can the people find you, Tim? Uh, if you want to find me, you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tim, and that is just my name backwards because I'm not a cute cryptid. I'm boy. <laughs> I'm boy. <laughs> <laughs> I am just man. <laughs> and uh, I think that'll do it for this week on Your Own Shuffle. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. Thank you.